Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fuck nicks? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. I hope uh, I hope everyone is well. Are you well? I got to be honest with you. Yesterday, uh, it was beautiful weather. Makes a big difference. Got a little cooler. I mean, you know, Los Angeles, it's not going to be fall. There's not going to be any changing colors. I mean, cool is like high 60s. Cool in LA is like uh, is like New York in the spring. It's just nice. It's kind of perfect weather, and it it made me feel better. And I took a break yesterday. Yeah, man, I I have just been beating the shit out of myself trying to re-engage with uh, the patterns of my life that are positive when I'm home after being on the road for so long. As I've mentioned before, not not that I'm looking for sympathy or deserve any for uh, <laughs> fighting pushing back the pudge. That I put on, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting old. I, I maybe I'm getting old because I worked out pretty hard three times last week. I I walked up, hiked that mountain three times, and by yesterday Sunday, uh, I was broken, man. I was a broken man. All this effort I'm putting into making myself feel better uh, is causing me physical pain that I refuse to acknowledge as being the cause. I mean, I went to an acupuncturist, and I don't do that. But my buddy Dan, his wife Jen, is an acupuncturist, and I'm like, all right, I'll try it, man. Both my shoulders hurt, my neck hurts, my lower back is fucked, my big toes are a mess. And the shoulder thing is, I, it's all self-generated. But I'll try it, right? I did, I did. And uh, she did gua sha on me. You ever had gua sha? You know what gua sha is? Today on the show, I talked to Taraji P. Henson, who I love, who I love. Who doesn't love her? Oh, my God. Uh, Baby Boy is one of my favorite fucking movies. You may know her as Cookie from Empire uh, or from Hustle and Flow or Hidden Figures. And Baby Boy, yeah, Baby Boy, fucking masterpiece. She's also an advocate for mental health awareness. She started a foundation named after her father, the Boris Lawrence Henson Foundation, to focus on getting mental health resources to people with limited access to them. Uh, She has a show on Facebook Watch called Peace of Mind with Taraji that focuses on mental health issues, particularly within the black community. But I was just just, uh, thrilled to talk to her because I just, she's so great. Great actress. And I had a fun time talking to her. And you'll hear that. 
So yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I guess I'm getting old. I'm 58 now, but my shoulders are hurting because I don't, and also I'm stubborn. You know, I'm, it's weird. I've had, I've had massages in my life. I've been to acupuncture once or twice in my life, but I don't really consider it that much. I don't, I don't know why that is. Uh, in my mind you know I just don't I don't think these things are effective and they should be something you do with regularity I mean you know you can't put all of your pain in one basket but uh, but you know you should try stuff I mean massage who wouldn't like to get a massage every week but I, I just don't do it and I guess I should do it because I need some fucking body work man I need some help but I got these horrible shoulder pains I think it's from I think I injured them when I shifted my exercise routine to in- include pull-ups and stuff, and then I just irritated it by doing sort of poorly formed downward dogs, and now it's like just kind of chronic shoulder pain. Some days I think it's a heart attack. Some days I think, I don't know, what, you know, a joint cancer, arthritis, what, I, you, whatever, but my energy is good, but I did. I went to see Jen, uh, Jen Black. She's at, uh, I think it's called Highland Holistics, and she's a great practitioner of these things, these Eastern ideas, the acupuncture. She did the gua sha, gua sha, no, uh, no cupping, gua sha. And she showed me, I, I don't understand uh, Eastern medicine, really. My first wife had a, 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 a sickness that was pretty bad and, and very, uh, it was a meningitis sickness. And and in recovery from it, she went to an Eastern practitioner, uh, a Chinese herbalist, and was on the tea, like hardcore, not powder, but like, you know, the bugs and roots and plants and things and uh, the smell for like a year. And there was part of me that's sort of like, well, I mean, you know, how are you going to know if anything's working if the prescription is do this for a year and we'll see how you feel? I mean, the body's a miraculous bit of business in terms of its uh, regeneration and recuperation and recovery uh, potential. So how are you really going to say like, yeah, that that stuff really changed my life after a year? Don't know. Don't know if you can hinge it to that. So I've always been skeptical. I've done acupuncture before. I've, I've gotten the tacks in my ears. There's actually a TV appearance I did years ago, I think, with uh, on Paul Provenza's show, Comics Only, where I have I have the tax in my ears to quit smoking. I remember because Hicks was there shooting one. He was I don't think we were on the same show together, but he's sitting there puffing away. And I told him I had the tax in my ears. He goes, "That work?" I'm like, "I don't know. I guess we'll see." It didn't, but I got to try something because the fear is there's ways to take care of yourself without getting cut, right? The idea is you go, if I went to a, a orthopedic or a shoulder guy, you know, that two things could happen. Either you could say like, you know, well, you ripped this or you did that, you know, don't exercise for two weeks or a month. And I don't want to hear that because I want to keep exercising and I'll keep hurting myself because I'm a fucking idiot. Or you'll hear, uh, yeah, we're going to have to go in there and do an exploratory uh, procedure and then maybe uh, a little surgery, a little, a little cut in here, a little cut there. And then you're fucked. And then, you, like, at my age, you don't know if you ever recover from anything. Like, if you, like, I, I know guys got back surgery in their 60s, regret it. But this is how I grew up. That's the other problem. I grew up with a Western medical practitioner. My father was an orthopedic surgeon. And I grew up to believe that, you know, medicine and surgery and these guys, mostly guys, these surgeons and doctors who were his 
you know, friends and co-workers where they knew how to fix people, but they don't always. I think it's a brain changing thing that, you know, kind of put it in my head when I went, my dad wanted to go, he had to see how to do a procedure on a hip, I think. So he had them line up a screening room at the hospital. That's how you had to do it back in the day. And I was a kid. He said, come, come with me to this movie. I got to watch about this procedure. And I went to watch this movie with him about some surgical procedure. And it was like hammers and saws and fucking, I mean, I couldn't fucking believe it. They opened a guy up and they would pound nails into him, it looked like. I'm like, holy fuck. This is crazy. Saws and hammers and drills. But I guess, you know, you got to put pins in, you got to put pins in, whatever the fuck that is. But I got it in my head that this is the only way. Something extreme, something pharmaceutical, something surgical. And obviously there's a different time zone, a different pace and a different approach to Eastern medicine. And I'm open. I'm, I, you know, I went because I don't, you know, I want to feel better. I don't need to be in pain. I, my pain tolerance is kind of high, but I need to be in pain. So she did gua sha, which is, you know, you take a, a, a stone or a metal kind of scraping thing and you just move it. You scrape along these certain areas of pain and it ruptures uh, blood vessels. So you got these weird bruises all over. And she did a little bit of uh, bleeding me out, you know, a couple drops of, 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 you know, releasing some blood and did the, uh, the gua sha and then, you know, did some needles. And she said, wait a couple of days. So I'm waiting a couple of days. And I got scars, man. I got the uh, gua sha scars to show that I've been uh, practiced upon. The Eastern style. But, you know, I'm open to it. But I know in my heart, like, you know, maybe I'll feel a little relief. Stuck some needles in my toe joints. One in my forehead. Some of my fingers, I think. And I laid back for a while. Meditated in the room. But I, I, I'll see. I'll see. I mean, I, I know I should just take a break for a month, but I can't. Because I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm comfortable at a certain weight. I'm comfortable with certain activities. And now that I've been going at it for so long and through all this last couple years, the lockdown and the grief, like I've, you know, I've kind of grown used to whatever happens to me when I exercise, whatever happens to my brain. But man, I was fucking exhausted yesterday after last week, like, like painfully exhausted to the point of anger and hostility. And I did it to myself. Because I want to feel better. It's crazy. I uh, I uh, cleaned the rain gutter. Yeah. I do things impulsively. I know I've got like things I got to do, and some of them are big projects. And I got up there, and holy shit, it just trickled rain. But I don't think the gutter on this building, the the garage I'm in, has has been cleaned in over a decade. Just like. Uh, it's very rewarding to get all dirty, get my nails all fucked up and my hands all fucked up and very rewarding to do the <laughs> to do the dirty work up on the ladder with the hands. Doing dirty work with your hands on a ladder. That makes you feel like you've achieved something. Huh? Huh? Get the hose out. All right. So, Taraji Henson, Taraji P Henson, uh, she has this um, second season of her Facebook watch series, Peace of Mind with Taraji, uh, premiering today. And you can see her in all her movies. But uh, go look at this. It's at facebook.com slash watch to check it out. And now uh, I will talk to her. 
And it was a fun time. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts i'm very excited you're here thanks for having me (laughs) so you've been up since three yes you're worn out not yet no it's it's not yet it's just a different time that i started my day isn't it crazy? Your I, I show slept business earlier. It's really crazy, but I'm so used to. It. I've been doing it so long. <laughs> you have, right? Mm-hmm. But like when you get up at that hour, and then all of a sudden, like you know, you just start, and you got no. The I don't start until the camera and lights are on. Oh, so you're just kind of. Uh, I'm sl- a limp noodle in the chair until <laughs> <laughs> it all comes and, together. And, and they say showtime. And that's it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm i a huge fan of, like, I mean, I'm obviously a huge fan of you, but I never shut up about Baby Boy. I never shut up really? about it. Really? Never shut up about it. Oh, my it. God. That's the first feature that I did in my career. Yeah, I think it's a masterpiece. Thank you. I you swear- hear that, John? I wish he was still alive. Well, did you guys stay in touch the, oh, the whole life? All, I mean, he gave me incredible advice. You know, I'm directing now, so I wish he, I just miss him. I just, I know he would be so proud. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, yeah, Singleton was a great, great director. And mm-hmm. I never hear, it's like all, a lot of attention gets to the Boys in the Hood movie, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But like, I, I remember the first time I saw Baby Boy, I was like, does anyone know about this movie? Yeah. This movie is great. You know, the thing about it is he wasn't interested in making a commercial film. With that movie. No. What he wanted was a, a cult classic. He wanted something that people would watch over and over and over and over no matter the year it came on right you know and he totally achieved that yeah so you know people that watch it like that oh my goodness BET plays it at at least twice a month oh really like it's always so you get those weird checks for $14 yeah $5 (laughs) $5 I got one for five cents one time (laughs) the cup of coffee yeah Uncle Sam took still took three so You guys stayed in touch for all that time, like because he was so amazing. Was it like it, it did? Did was he sick or did it just happen? I knew nothing. All oh. I know is I got a call saying that he was in a coma and I oh. lost it. But yeah. you know, I guess finally, you know, because men, you guys don't really talk about your health. <laughs> I, I do. I never shut you know, up about it. Yeah, but most men don't. They're I guess so. Trying to be strong and That's there's right. nothing wrong with me. And right. They have to pass out before they go to the doctors. Right. Um, I'm not saying that was his case, but I know that uh, we started finding out later that I think he had had a stroke 
earlier. Oh, okay. Um, and so there was blood hemorrhaging on the brain, and <sighs> he was traveling, and that didn't help. Yeah, that's bad. With the yeah. like, some people get those uh, blood clots from uh, from just traveling too much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he traveled a lot. Oh, you yeah. know, because yeah, yeah, John, yeah. if you knew John, he did the research that needed to be done. Right. So he's filming um, Snowfall, mm. and he had made a couple trips to Columbia wow. to make sure he had it tonally right. So that's a big trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yes. when you did that movie, I mean, like, that was the first big movie? That but you've been was, working. I, that Well, no, I was working. I was doing little specials, uh, special guest appearances on TV? sitcoms. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like sitcoms or TVs or little, you know, dramas that yeah. lasted for a season. Yeah. <laughs> what was the, like, where did you grow up exactly? I grew up in Washington, D.C. Right in it? Mm-hmm. Oh. When it was Chocolate City. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something's changed there. It's changed a bit. They put a lot of cream in the city. <laughs> a lot of cream in that chocolate. <laughs> I tell you, man, I went there I went there during the Trump administration. It felt haunted. Yeah, it was a like, strange time gray. in the city. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. just sad. Yeah, very sad. Yeah. Um, D.C. is a lively city. It's it a is. lot of culture there. Yeah. You know, there's a big, huge Ethiopian culture. There's a huge um, Latin culture, African. Pre- yeah. You know, so the food is like Asian culture. I think the best Chinese food is in D.C. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I've, I've been to China and it wasn't great. Right. You got to go D.C., baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but but also like free museums yeah all that stuff mm-hmm. culture lots yeah. of culture and history there so what and now what what was your family like i mean what did uh your folks do there they worked uh, for the government government yeah yeah government most my dad was a um contractor he did metal fabricating Oh, yeah. So he became homeless when Reagan stepped into office because they killed a lot of those independent contracts. Oh, really? Yeah. So he had to live in a van. <laughs> Is that true? Were they, were they not together? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> he put him so, out. <laughs> uh, but uh, but your parents, didn't, were they weren't together? Oh, no. My pa- Oh, I thought you were yeah, making yeah. a joke about Ronald Reagan <laughs> and my dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, they were not. Um, they were divorced. Oh. They divorced when I was two. Because I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, No, he was a single man. Oh, mm-hmm. and in a truck. Yeah, in a van. How old were well, you Well, because, when you he know, he, he loved pickup yeah. trucks. That's right. actually how I learned. I learned to drive in a pickup truck. Yeah. So I love having trucks. How old were you when he was in, living in the van? Um, I was in elementary school. I think I was like fifth, fourth, fifth or sixth grade. So he, you remember? Yeah, I remember. But yeah. he never made. I, I, I wasn't embarrassed. Yeah. Because I had a dad. Right. And it didn't <laughs> right. matter. Like because he didn't make it an issue. Right. He would always be like, "Things are going to change for me. I'm going to get that house with the garage in the back. He's uh-huh. fabricating where he yeah. can fabricate metal and yeah. build things." And he did it. He got his Harley. Everything he said he was going to do, he did. And so I would just live through his strength. He taught me to not apologize for who you are. It doesn't matter where you started; it's where you finish. Oh wow! You know, yeah. and just gave me the confidence I needed to, and helped me develop a tough skin to tackle Tinseltown. Well, that's nice. I mean, it's yeah. nice that you had the support and that you had the inspiration and that I mean and, and that the story in and of itself from truck to garage yeah it's a good story yeah exactly <laughs> and, my sister now has turned his garage into her perfumery because she makes <laughs> candles and oils and scents and oh yeah what, <laughs> well what's the name of that company Hensense Hensense mm-hmm 
<laughs> you like that? I, I see you have incense here. <laughs> I do. I do. Like, I, I like people that start those kind of companies yeah. where all of a sudden it's just sort of like, I'm making soap. <laughs> right. I did it before I had a little company called Light My Fire. Yeah. Um, but before my acting career yeah. took off. And uh, that's how I made my money. Making candles? Making candles and um, gift baskets of candles. And it, what, and you just add the smelly oil? Oil. and It was a whole process. Did you? <laughs> I got burned out, pun intended. <laughs> but how does one learn to make candles? I went to a um, community college yeah. school. You know how they give those courses sure. on the weekends? Yeah, yeah. And I tried to take my son and get him involved in piano, but he banged his head on the keyboard and was like, I'm boring. So no. I, didn't, I wasn't one of those parents that made them do, do yeah. the child do anything, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, because I, in, while he was in that class, I was supposedly in my milk. It was, um, it was salt, bath salt, soap, and uh-huh. candle making class. Right. And I took, I took well to the candle making. Yeah. And instead of it becoming a hobby, it became a source of income. And so it worked? It did. It worked. We had a great Christmas that year. My son had a great Christmas. I was able to pay my rent. But... It's not a hobby anymore. I burnt myself out. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, you don't you know, want to hate making candles. Exactly. And I, it was such a process <laughs> that it would have been fun if it just stayed a hobby, yeah. you know? Right. I'd probably still be making candles uh, now. Well, your sister's doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she, and plus, I buy them now. It's just like, I have the money to buy the candles. Yeah. How's, <laughs> how's, how's her business doing? It's, she's, they, she does a um, launch um, November 1st. Oh, well, that's mm-hmm. a big deal. I'm and, very and, proud of her. And how how about your relationship with your mom? How was that? Oh, my mom and I are close. She's in. They're Florida. both around still. Yes. Oh, that's. Well, my dad isn't. My oh, okay. dad passed in 06. Oh, okay. Yeah, but my mom is very much alive and very healthy in Florida. Yes, and uh, she is a huge. I mean, such a huge supporter. of yeah. Me and my career. I just remember when speaking of baby boy, yeah. I couldn't afford a nanny. Well, I never had a nanny, yeah. but I couldn't afford you know people to watch my son, and I didn't trust everybody because he was so young. And my mother literally would fly out and yeah. keep my son while I did all of the press tours all over. And yeah. you know when I booked Person Adventures, I had to leave my well, you know, I had to live in New York while yeah. my son was still in school, right. and she left her whole life to come and be with him. So. Oh. I owe so much to my mom. So, uh, so your son gets along good too with him. Oh, or yeah. with her, yeah. yeah. We, my family's close. We're a close knit family. Well, that's nice. Yeah. So, when did you start acting, though? My mom let my mom and dad and my family tell it as soon as I came out of the right, of canal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've always been a you know rambunctious child. Yeah. I all I was a I was an only child, so I was very creative. I had a very um, creative imagination. Sure. And my dad was just new to hone it. He yeah. knew to um, he planted seeds in me. He told me I was going to be one of the greatest actresses of all time. In fact, actually, he told me I'd be the greatest actor of all yeah. time. Yeah. Well, you're you're one of them. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I would say so. Yeah. And um, so. You know, he just spoke that into me. He was like, you're going to go out to L.A. He was so exact. You're going to meet three people. And I met three people. I met manager, agent, and a casting director. Next thing you know, I had to quit my day job and I was acting. So did you, you, where'd you go to college? I went to Howard University. How was that? It was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I think I've talked to only a couple of people that have gone to Howard University. And you studied acting there? Yes, I did. That's what my degree is in. And it was for, that was the undergraduate degree? Yes. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So you did four years acting. Yes, I did. Um, like four and a half because I came in 
half of the year because I started as a... <laughs> Electrical engineer my freshman year. But that was a fluke. I I didn't belong there. The electrical engineering? Yeah, I fell (laughs) pre-calc. What was the the idea there? Well, because I didn't get accepted into the um, high school of fine arts. So I thought that meant I couldn't act. So my uh, dreams of becoming a movie star were deadened. Mm, (laughs) And then... I was like, I was hanging out this really smart girl, Candace Dickens. Yeah. We were really close in yeah. high school. And she was br- very smart right. young lady yeah. and mathematically wired, scientifically wired. Mm. And so, you know, because we were hanging and she was like, well, I'm going to North Carolina A&T for electrical engineering. And I was like, well, yeah, well, I'll do that, too. <laughs> were, you, you, were you any good at math? I failed pre-calc. Oh, good. The class yeah. that preps you for all the math that you will endure. Yeah. You know, studying electrical engineer. I failed pre-calc and I had a, I didn't try to either. Yeah. I had a tutor. I was really trying hard and I got an F and uh, I never got an F in anything. Clearly, uh, I didn't belong. So, but, Yeah. I mean, but you went anyways. I went. Um, <laughs> but I was I found myself longing for the arts because I my um, English class yeah. was in the fine arts building. Right. And at the time, only Howard University and North Carolina A&T offered, had a program where you could get an actual BFA. Right. In, in acting. In acting. Right. right. And so I was there, but that's not what I was there for. So I, I remember even one time, because I had to pass the theater every time I went to my English class. Uh. And boy, was my face pressed up against my soul felt like it belonged there, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I'll never forget, I walked past and they had an audition yeah. up on the, on the board, yeah. the bulletin board. And I was like you should do it and I told nobody that I was doing it and I remember I stood on that stage and I I could not the rejection was still ringing loudest from not getting into the school Mm -hmm. and my hands were shaking and the thing that I could do naturally and I was told so much that I was so raw and good at it just raw my raw self without training I couldn't do it out of fear Hmm. and so I, I did the monologue though I got through it and I just remember, I don't remember seeing anybody out there, the person who was auditioned, the casting person or whatever. I just, it was like I was numb. And I walked out of there and I never went back to check that bulletin board to see if I got a call back. Never? Never. Because you didn't feel good about what happened. I just was afraid. Fear is, it can, it's stifling, you know, if you allow it to take it over. I know. And like, you know, what you do in relation to it, because I I think there was a lot of points in my career where I I was afraid, but I just kind of threw myself into it. Yeah. And which is fine sometimes, but mm-hmm. sometimes you're guarded, you yeah. know, you know, and you're angry because mm-hmm. you're fighting the fear back. Yes, it ta- yes, right, yes. And it takes a long time to settle into yourself. You don't know when the hell it's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what changed for you in terms of getting into the acting program? Well, I had to fall on my face, like my father said. I remember calling him from North Carolina A&T, and I was crying. I was like, Dad, I, f- I felt I was so disappointed in myself because I'd never failed anything, and I literally, really tried. The electrical I tried. engineering. I did did and um i called it because you know my parents didn't have money really to send me to college so i felt like such a failure and i called and i was crying i thought i was gonna be in trouble and he was like well that's what you needed to do you needed to fall flat on your face now get your ass back up here enroll at howard and go to school for acting like you supposed to be doing and because and and he was so brilliant like he wasn't one of those parents that told you what to do yeah. he would give you two options you, if you choose this this could happen if yeah. you choose this now you make the choice and right. you sit back and wait <laughs> yeah. you know right. and and so it worked yeah. because I was very clear 
on going back into acting. I was very clear and nothing could get in my way. Well, you picked like the opposite of acting. So like, you know what I mean? Like, so you would know. I had to. I had to experience that. I get it. You know what I mean? I had to experience that. But it was like, what was there? It was, it's kind of funny, I would imagine in retrospect, psychologically, why you would pick something so devoid of passion that you, that you had, like, you know. (sighs) Right, just it was almost like you needed to get hit in the head. I did, and my dad knew that because when I said electrical engineer, he kind of looked like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." (laughs) Wow, that must have been pretty awful six months. Yeah, well, you know, it was a, I was, it was, there was a lot going on. I was a freshman in college, away from home. Yeah, so there was the excitement of that being on my own, and but that F did not feel good. Oof. That didn't feel yeah, good at I, all. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, either you got it for numbers or you don't. Yeah, because I tried. I, and then <laughs> cut to this. See, this is how funny God is. Yeah. God clearly has a sense of humor. Sure. Then years later, I book Hidden Figures. Yeah, I know. And I have to play a mathematician. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that, I was I was laughing inside. Did when any I got of that, that seem one. familiar to you? Um, No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no it still looked like a foreign language yeah but you pulled it off i was called acting i know <laughs> well what'd you do to like get your brain your brain into the head of that well you know i okay the funny yeah. thing is the scene where i explain the go no go um equation right I had to rehearse that. It was like choreography for me. Right. Because I had to get it in my skin so that I looked like on the day in the camera that I know exactly what I'm talking about. Where right, I'm pointing right, right, when right. I say yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. So even though I didn't understand it fully, yeah. I had to look like I knew what I was talking about. Of course. You know, they're mathematicians and math geeks yeah. wait looking like oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know if anyone's gonna be picky about how you present right. that's gonna be them. You don't wanna you don't wanna be uh, shit on, on the comment board of the math geeks. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah. but it's just important and we wanted to get it right historically. Yeah. So, um, I remember they hired a mathematician to right. come and train me. Um, but he started to like really teach me. I said, Hey, my friend, yeah. it's not going to work. Just tell me when I say this, where is that in the equation? Right. What do I point to? Yeah. Because <laughs> he was trying. I said, I'm not going to learn it, baby. It's, we tried I, this. I, I, we tried this years ago and it was an epic failure. I got an F. Bad. I got an F. Yeah. In this. I, so. <laughs> I got an F when I tried. And he was so passionate. And I, th- I was like, oh. He was like a math coach? Oh, my God. Yes. And he was so passionate. Like, he really wanted me to get it. I was like, baby, it's just, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, dear. <laughs> but I will make you proud in this movie. <laughs> so I had them put a um, a big um, dry erase board, a chalkboard. At, no, was it a dry erase? One of those yeah, boards. Yeah. I had them put it in my condo and every night I would rehearse that scene. Oh, so you would write those equations out even without knowing. Right. Knowing what oh, so I you just had to remember. Mm-hmm. I had to remember well, that's challenging. This, as I'm saying yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. And then make, so, so that on the day I, I could make it real. I could turn around and I could point to the places because I knew, I didn't know exactly what I was talking about, but I knew what I was talking about when I pointed. Right. <laughs> right. You, you knew... <laughs> Right now, when I say this, I'm talking about this part of the That's equation. It. I have no idea what the equation <laughs> exactly. is. Exactly. But <laughs> I just see a bunch of alphabets and numbers. Well, that was a, like a great performance by everybody. It was a really exciting movie. It was so incredible. Apparently, I mean, from what I understand, they show it to kids now as yeah. a, like an inspirational Absolutely. film. Absolutely. There's, uh, there's been an uptick in female coding. I like that. It's yeah. Great. It's nice to be uh, an inspiration. Listen. Right? That's what we're all here to do so, I humans. guess so. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that director, he, like, you were supposed to work with him at another time, right? Yeah, Theodore Melfi, Ted. Ted. Um, yeah, I was supposed to work with him in um, uh, St. Vincent. Right. Was, with, that, uh, was that Bill Murray? Bill Murray yeah. and Melissa McCarthy. And I was so, because we met in New York. You and Ted. Me and Ted. Yeah. This is when I was on Person of Interest. And I remember him bringing his storyboard and yeah. the character that he wanted me to play. That You know, they draw the sure. different scenes and yeah. the sequences. And I kept looking at it and I was like, that looks like me. Right. And he said, this is you. I wrote this role for you. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and it just didn't work out. Uh, politics came into play. Yeah. You know, it's this thing called overseas money that you have to get to... Yeah. Um, finance a lot of these movies and if the studio feels like you're not a box office draw or they don't think they can take your name overseas to the financiers right. to get any money then you don't get the job so you but so that's the way you framed it i know that happens but you don't think it was personal or, or race driven i i think so because what the character was written black yeah and then they changed it to a russian yeah. which changed the entire dynamic of the story he was trying to tell. Less he was funny. trying to tell the story of a modern, these three odd people and how they come together yeah. and how, you know, this son, this black kid, you know what I mean? Yeah, with yeah. um with this this guy. You know, it was it just it, it was totally different mm. now with um I mean not black kid cuz my character was pregnant. Right. Um but how this odd family came yeah. together. She's a stripper too. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And they're taking care of Melissa McCarthy's son and it's like, huh? Yeah. But that's he wanted the a modern family look. Like yeah. something so off the wall. You uh, know. And what, so did you how do you bounce back from at the moment where you like fuck you. I have been getting that a lot yeah so I was used to it getting what exactly pushed uh, out yeah for, for white actresses yeah and just saying that um you know black doesn't sell overseas or she's not a box office draw I have been getting that a lot I don't like you know that <laughs> on just on top of just doing the job mm -hmm. that's like double the rejection yeah so you were had to somehow find peace within that well, to I, continue? I don't take no's. You remember, I got told no very early on. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so I just go with the flow. I know that at the time it's a no. That doesn't mean it's a no forever. Yeah. You okay, know, because okay. look what happened. The yeah. gym was getting hidden figures. Yeah, right. I guess that, right. I get it. And also hustle and flow, all of them. But, at that, but what I'm saying is yeah. that by this point, Ted was like, you're not oh, going to yeah. tell me no on this with her. I get it. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, It was yeah. almost like that right. had to happen. Right. So right. I just think right. everything happens for a reason. I don't I don't fight it. You kind of have to think that after a certain you point. Must. Yeah, even if you don't believe. Because it is what it is. I mean, exactly. what you going to do, fight it? it? You going to hit the reverse button no. and go back and fix it? You can't. No, you so can't. you have to. It, so, it is what it is. Yeah, either you, you, you're bitter or you move forward. That's all you can do. Because <laughs> I, I, I have a hard time with the spirituality premise mm -hmm. and, you know, with a, a sense of uh, higher power or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I do know that there are tricks you got to play on your brain mm -hmm. so you don't go into the darkness. Absolutely. Right. And I do believe that the universe is listening. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? mean? Like, if you sure. keep saying it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, well, guess what it's going to be? Yeah. Bad. Yeah, because no one's going to want to hang around you. You have to change the narrative, yeah, right? Yeah, you have yeah. to change. And my father used to say this. It was so powerful, and I'll yeah. never, ever forget it. He, it's in my DNA now. Yeah. Get from around those who have your same problems and get around those who have your solutions. <laughs> sit in the back of the class with Johnny getting the F. Well, maybe if you sit up front with Nancy, you'll get A's. Even though it makes you nervous. Right. Or you, you don't have think to you do should the be things there. that make you nervous because that's where change comes from. I know. 
You yeah. have to do the yeah. like if a role doesn't scare the shit out of me, I don't want it. Yeah. You know why? Why? I'm not being transformed. So how is the audience going to transform? Well, I mean, that's right. But I mean, theoretically, with most roles, there should be some transformation, right? Right. But if it doesn't scare you, if yeah, it doesn't yeah, feel yeah, like you're yeah. being challenged, yeah, yeah. how are you challenging the audience? I get it. I so get it. If I read something, I go, oh, I feel like I did that before. I yeah, guess, yeah. I, no. You know, it has to, re- especially now, I've been doing this and I've done a lot of characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I think that's, you know, I'm sorry, I'm kind of going off. I think that is what it was for for what it is or was or whatever for Hollywood for me. They didn't quite know what to do with a woman this attractive playing characters. Right. I don't think they were used to a black woman. Right. Well, that's easy to stereotype. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because every time I would do something, they'd be like, that's it. That's what she's good at. Yeah. And then I'd flip the script and go, hmm. They look at me like I I was like some... um, weird uh, oh, and, uh, I- enigma. Uh, uh, yeah, a like, freak like, of nature. She has range. What is this? We thought she was just the one you know, it's person. It's trained. Yeah. Like, and then don't judge me. Like, I, I remember when I first got to Hollywood, they yeah. kept saying I was edgy this. She's ur- urban is the word. they like, well, I'm very urban. I grew up in the hood. But you can't judge me based on who I am. That's never going to change. Well, they want to put you in a box. You can't. My name doesn't fit in the box. No, I know. There's There's three. <laughs> there's three. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, my name is different. You well, I mean, know? like, it, it, and the struggle to so it, it's not even a matter of proving yourself. I mean, you want the opportunity to to at least engage you, exactly. And I imagine that different points in your career, you're like, I can't do this shit anymore. I feel like that right now. <laughs> you know, when you turn fifty, all your fucks are behind you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I know. Um, but yeah, it's like. But then, it, you know, I started switching the narrative in my brain because I was like, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. My talent is to be reckoned with. I went to school for this. I can do. This is what I do. Yeah. Right. So you can't keep telling me no. You can't right. keep telling a talent like this no. Right. And I'll never forget John Singleton uh, yeah. put in the breakdown of Baby Boy. Yeah. New faces only. And I said, see. I didn't even know that I even had a shot at it or whatever, yeah. but I was like, this could be my break. Yeah. And that's what it was. So and so he's instilled that into me. Like right. as I'm producing and directing now, I'm looking to discover new talent. Yeah. You know? Jody. Hate <laughs> you, Jody. <laughs> I felt embarrassed in that film because I was like, this man has been following me. This is my life. <laughs> It was just that young hood love, you know? It was so great. So and but what I love is yeah. that people of every race understood the term baby boy. Yeah. It transcended color. Yeah. You know, everybody has baby boy in their sure, family. Man. They got that uncle that won't leave the house. He's yeah. still in the basement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's on that bike. Yeah. That big bike. <laughs> <laughs> It was something else, man. It was. It was. It's like one of the best things Ving Rhames ever. Like, oh, my, oh my God. God. He was amazing in that. <laughs> you know, I get choked up thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, it was deep. And how did, well, how did, uh, like, right after that, Hustle and Flow came pretty much? No. Really? Right after that, I did a show on Lifetime called um, oh, The Division yeah. with Bonnie Bedelia, Nisa, uh, Nancy McKean. So you didn't have any problem with John TV? Hamm. Yeah. Oh, right. That's right. 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 You didn't care about TV. Movies didn't matter. 
It didn't matter. I knew I liked movies better, but right. I was in the I wasn't in the position right. at the time to say I can. I, you want to work that money? Yeah, yeah, Single yeah. mom, and right. I ain't never seen that kind of money in my life. I was like, one. I remember when my manager and agent, <laughs> you know, they play the game yeah, of the sure, negotiating, sure, sure. and they called me and said, I. Okay, you got to say no. We're going to say no to the 22000 a week at an episode. Right. I said, <laughs> almost passed out. I was like, we have to say no? What, what do you mean? What do you? They was like, don't worry. This is how you play the game. I was so new. Right, right. And It, it still makes me nervous. So it's like, are, you, are you sure you want to play this game? Oh, my God. I was like, are you sure? I've never seen this kind of money in my life. And so they were like, just trust us. And they actually only got it up to 25. But, but still. Still, you have to muscle yeah, your way right. in. Well, that's how that's how they have fun. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And um, if they fuck up, they're like, yeah, we don't know what happened. But it, uh, Thank God they didn't because no. I was, ooh, I'll never forget going to the callback to that show my car wouldn't start i was like are oh, you yeah. kidding me oh, i'm almost out the hood and this is what you do <laughs> <laughs> i didn't have time to panic i was in la i didn't know how you catch a cab but yeah. i just called the cab coming i was like I got so i got there and i meet john ham in the waiting room yeah and we're both going yeah. into the field. So he hasn't characters. done much either at that point, right? <laughs> no, yeah. not at all. Like we just were newbies. Yep, yeah. Just a guy. And God bless him. He was the only guy. In this. Yeah. Woo, he did it, though. But he was raised by women. So he's good. He's, he's yeah, good he guy. was good. He fit yeah. right in. Um, but yeah, and I just I'll never forget because all I had under my belt was baby boy. I'll never. And, you know, the couple little guest stars. Yeah. I did. But I remember standing in the room. Mm. Full of white people in suits. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "That's the world, right?" I was like, "Oh my God, they don't know me. They don't." Yeah, and I'm standing there, but at the same time, here I am. Yeah, you know, right? And so they liked something. Yeah, and I'll never forget Aaron Lipstadt, one of the producers. He, yeah. I loved him. He's such an incredible, fashionable guy. Yeah, he stood up and said, "I loved your work in Baby Boy," and I was like. What? You saw that? <laughs> he was like brilliant. And I think he had all those white people watching Baby Boy that yeah, night. Yeah, right, right. So they all knew. <laughs> yep. So, um, and then that's what was next for me. And then while we, while I was filming The Division, yeah. I noticed that I couldn't do movies. And I was stuck. Yeah. And as an artist, that's the worst thing you can do is make an artist Ooh, feel stuck. There, I talked to some people get stuck on that TV show. You know, God has been good life. to me though, because every time I wanted out, I got out. And you didn't have to get it; they, it happened naturally. It happened naturally because <laughs> John had already sent me Hustle and Flow, and he yeah. was like, "I need you. You gotta get off that show. I don't know how to tell you, but you need to get off that show." <laughs> and I was like, "John, <laughs> they'll sue me. I can't do that." But see, again, this is the universe yeah. working to my good because um, they couldn't sell the film, right? So while they Hustle were trying to sell it, Hustle uh, and Flow, while they were trying to get why, the money for it. Why, because there wasn't enough white people in it? Well, no one wanted to touch a black <laughs> right. pimp and a white hoe. What? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't seen that. <laughs> we don't want to see that. You know, <laughs> yeah. who's going to, ah, right. you know. <laughs> and so um, John, the, the he's just a rebel. And he was like, well, we're going to make this. He put his house up for a second mortgage to raise the money for this film. Yeah. And because they couldn't get the film, it kept pushing it off the, yeah. the date. And so in that time, our show didn't get picked up and I was free. Oh. And I was able to do Hustle and Flow. <laughs> and that was a big one. That was a big one. 
Um, didn't get paid any money, but got it, the it, uh, I, Oscar nomination, right? Got the Oscar nomination for the music. Yeah. But what I love about John and Craig Brewer, the director, yeah. Craig, Craig called me because they just knew I would get that. Yeah. They knew they were like, you're going to get a nomination. They kept saying. Yeah. And it didn't happen. Whatever. I wasn't expecting anything, you know. And um, I just remember Craig calling me. I'll never forget my dad was on his deathbed at the same time. Oh. And you remember he was telling me, yeah. you're going to get an Oscar. He always thought I was, I was going to get an Oscar for um, portraying Diana Ross. Because he used to always say, you're going to play Diana Ross. You're going to play that, Diana Ross. That was, was his always, personal mm-hmm. obsession? Yep. Was it Diana Ross? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And people say I kind of look like her. Yeah, I can see it. Everything. I can see it. Yeah, so that was his thing. And so... You know, I'll never remember. I'll never forget calling him, and I'm like, "Dad, well, I didn't get the nomination, but the song got nominated." And he was like, "Yeah, you know, it's hard for us sometimes to be recognized for the things that we do great." That's yeah. he said that he no, he was yeah. on his way out. He knew he was gonna see anything else that I did, but what he wanted to see, yeah. like he didn't even live to see me perform on the, like he passed before the, while we were in about to go into rehearsals for the Oscars. Remember I sang? Oh yeah, and um, he didn't get to see it. Oh yeah, he died two weeks before. Oh sorry. Yeah, so that hurt. What was that? <laughs> what what was it? He had um cancer. Oh god. Yeah. It's terrible. Horrible. It's a horrible way to. Watch somebody deteriorate. Your hero, you know, yeah. he used to call himself Mandigo Warrior. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, and he. I remember he came back from Vietnam. He, you know, fought yeah. Nam. Oh, all yeah. the veterans for real. Sure, sure. Um, but my dad, you know, he had his complications. He had the aging orange. Oh, is that what he got? He had it. You know, my friend Kit, who's here in the house, that's mm-hmm. what her dad died of. But he didn't die of that. Oh. My dad cured himself. I don't know how the hell he did it. I just, because it was on his in his feet. He had it in his feet and his the flesh yeah. would melt off his, literally down to the white meat. It would just start coming off. Ugh. And I don't know, he did some concoction where he had bleach and something. He would soak his feet in that. Yeah. Gone. Really? That's why we were, we were all screwed up because he beat everything. Oh. Every ailment he had, he would beat it. He would be like, I'm strong. I'm my Indigo man. So when that cancer got him, yeah. it killed us because we was just so yeah. used to him being so strong and beating everything. Yeah. You know, it Something's going to get us, I guess. At some point. That's yeah. why you got to live your life and be grateful every day. Yeah. Are, do you, are you good with the gratitude? I ha- yes, and I'm human. You know, yeah. we all get selfish and stuck in our ways sure. sometimes. But just remind yourself every day um, that you could have been chosen to not wake up today. I know it happens. You hear about it all the time. Such every and such day had an aneurysm, and then no one knows where those things come from. But no, it happens. You know, know, your car can be plucked at any moment. I know it happened. My uh, I lost someone close to me. Yeah. You know, and out of nowhere had yeah. had a like something she didn't know she had mm-hmm. died in a week. Yeah. Yeah, but like I still like, I still have the same sometimes like even where you have to choose to think differently. Yeah, because but some those old patterns are strong. They are right. They're breakable. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and they at least you get self awareness enough mm-hmm. to where when you sink into it, you got a better chance of getting out of it. Well, I hope that's the hope, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
The Daily Hope. Yes. <laughs> That's a, There you go. There's the show. The Daily Hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would be the one to host that. People would be very surprised. Yes. So what have you been producing, though, like in terms of like films? Yeah, I had started a production company. There are a couple of films um, uh, that we're trying to get financing yeah. for. One that I'm directing is a coming-of-age story. Oh, yeah? Um, Two-Face. Braun bought it. Braun Studios bought it. Uh-huh. Uh, we're working on the script right now. And it's a, it's a script where I want to discover a new young um, uh, African-American actress. I never had a coming-of-age story that uh-huh. I could identify with growing up. Yeah. Um, we didn't have the images. Yeah. You know, I... Only time I really identified with I identified with the Brat Pack, you know Molly Ringwall, especially in Pretty in Pink because she was poor and she came from a single family home. But, but still, it's the it model. The model was always white. Exactly. Yeah. So there was never our story right. being told sure. and what it is to be a young black girl coming of age yeah. in, in high school, going off to college. So um, I jumped at the chance. Um, we're now rewriting the script. Okay. At first it was PG. Now they want it rated R. Oh. <laughs> It's all right, though. It's okay because these kids are rated R. Yeah, I mean, sure. literally, you can't hide. All kids are rated from R, I think. Pretty much at this point. At this point, yeah. Thanks, social media. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> TikTok. Yeah, great yeah, job. Yeah, look what you did. <laughs> you broke the children. We're all addicts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody was going crazy. Yeah. Instagram is down. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, I know it was nuts. <laughs> it's I, 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 t- I enjoyed it. I did too. I, I tweeted. I said, I hope Twitter's next. <laughs> They probably took that down. <laughs> they didn't. No, no, people, but it was interesting. Some people were like, why would you say that? It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Right. Put the phone yeah, down. Yeah, take a rest. Put, get your head up How and come, look and Look at the clouds, the sky something. today. It's a lot slower yeah, out here. Yeah. It's a lot slower outside of your phone. You yeah, the different time zone. Our brains are going all the time. A lot of people dancing, it seems, on TikTok. Yes. Well, I think coming out of a pandemic and a, a worldwide yes. lockdown, you got to dance. It's so much dancing. Every yeah. time, I mean, I don't know what's going on, but I found myself on Instagram. I followed one of the dancing ladies. Yeah, I mean, she's I just follow, jumping around. I follow because it's happy. You yeah, know, dancing so. and laughter is euphoric. It's, it's a, and it's all about that dopamine jolt. Ex- right. I was going there next. You were. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the people dancing, but watching them dance, Absolutely. you get a little get a little juice, right? I get joy. Wa- I, I know this is I strange. No, I no, get no. joy looking at tiny things so i follow this page called tiny kitchen yeah and they cook meals but all in a miniature like everything's miniature i like tiny things too i love it and they'll make like a miniature strawberry shortcake like how miniature like very like the size of a quarter yeah like it's little it's tiny but it's legit it's a real short yeah they they have a little oven with a tea candle that's how they cook everything Uh in this little oven in this little stove that has a tea candle and they fry bacon little teeny bacon little bacons i'm like where do they get that little egg where did they find that teeny tiny onion What? Like but, you go down a rabbit hole. But, then there's another page that makes all the of the tiny little um, appliances that they use. Oh my god! Like it's the rabbit hole. Then there's a page where there's tiny little dolls where he'll yeah. shave all the hair off the doll and give it a new wig. It's, wow! It's a whole go down universe. A rabbit hole of tiny. I just like tiny. I I always like I'll go. I like looking at the travel section I love at the all. Walgreens. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, they make that little whatever makes you happy. You got to do so. it. You must. That's very specific, the tiny thing. The tiny, I don't yeah, know is why. There a, uh, is there a lot of people that like it? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I'm not the only one. I was following, like, because I didn't, I was like, they're going to think I'm weird. They're going to think I'm weird. <laughs> so I, I would never like the. Then I started seeing all the celebrities that follow. And oh, I was yeah. like, oh, no, they need to know that I follow, too. <laughs> <laughs> 
I want them to go on forever. Yes. More tiny world. Yes, it's amazing. I wonder what it is that's so appealing about the little things. It's, I don't know what it is. Well, I guess for me, it taps into my childhood because uh-huh. I played with that stuff when I was a kid. Oh, you know, okay, Betty yeah. Crocker oven. Yeah, right. right. Easy know, Bake Oven. All of that. Yeah. Easy Bake. Yeah, it's the Easy Bake. But yeah. Betty Crocker came out with Did one they too, I, think. I don't remember. Maybe not. Maybe it was Easy Bake and maybe sometimes they would partner with Betty Crocker. Probably, yeah. 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 Do you cook now? Uh-huh. Yeah, I love to cook. Yeah. My son is grown now, so I don't cook as much. How I've gotten he? a little bougie. He's twenty seven. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've gotten a little bougie. Yeah. I'll be like, I have people for that now. Yeah. Oh really? You get the people <laughs> cooking? I, well, I have a, a chef. Why not? Yeah, because you know, when you get busy, I don't want to have to think about what I'm eating when I get home. Well, and I don't want to eat bad. So if I have a meal prep, then it kinda keeps me in line. That's so funny because like I make it like part of my business. Uh, to like, I cooked all day yesterday. You did? I did. Now Sundays, I'll throw that. Right? You know, like, it's I something mean, about foot. It's something about fall football and cooking. Yeah. Like, like I don't know. Like I'll just do it. Like, I'm not as busy as you. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I I find this sort of zen thing with the cooking. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's very therapeutic. And I was on the road for a while, and I got a little road pudge. So oh I yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's the first thing I do when I've um, worked on location is yeah. I come back home and I cook. But nowadays, when I go on location, I make sure they I have a kitchen. Because yeah. I don't like eating out all the time. I can't stand it. I don't like it. Because you don't like you, you don't know what you're it getting. After, it. And it's a lot of sodium. Sodium. A lot of oil. sodium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you don't know. You don't Butter. see it. Yeah, it's yeah. like this seems healthy. Yeah. No. Nope. Even salads. My mom is like, I don't know why I keep getting all this way to all I'm eating salads. I'm like, what dressing are you eating? Yeah, right. Caesar salad ain't it, mom. Yeah, yeah. Croutons. Stay away from the croutons yeah. and the cheese. Oh yeah, yeah. It's hard, right? <laughs> yeah, it's hard. But uh personal chef. Now what do they they live with you? No. Oh. No. No. Okay. Um, I like my space. Yeah, I just I don't know how that works in that. <laughs> no, world. she they just come over? meal preps at home and drops the meals oh. off. She she has several clients. She oh, has I several see. clients. So, so they she'll... just drop it off. You throw it in the oven. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. okay. That's different. Because when I hear personal chef, I think like is that like a, a butler? No, I'm Did not I... the Smiths. I remember the first time I went to the Smiths' house to Jada rehearse. Jada and uh, Will. Yeah, Jada yeah. and Will Smith and Jada, yeah. and this is when we were filming. Yeah. Um, preparing to go film yeah. um, Karate Kid. Oh, yeah. And we had rehearsals at their house. And yeah. I remember walking in and, you know, Will and Jenny was so sweet. And they were like, is there anything you would like to eat? And I'm just playing. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd like to have some lobster. He was like, how would you like it cooked? And I was like, <laughs> oh, shit, he's serious. Yeah, yeah I'm not the, like that. No. I don't I don't have a did chef you, on deck. Did you have a lobster? Oh, God, yes, I had poached <laughs> lobster. <laughs> I mean, and I mean, the snacks kept coming in. The chef in the wow. chef's hat. I went to the bathroom. Yeah, and I remember wiping my hand on yeah. some linen. Yeah, I go back in the bath, and it was the bathroom was spotless. Yeah, and I threw the linen in the basket that was there. Yeah, and I went back like you know an hour later, and it was clean, and it had already been replaced back uh, yeah. on the. Ra- and I was like. Do they have little people in behind yeah, the walls that people. jump out? Look at the miniature people. <laughs> yes. And I can hear Willow practicing her voice lessons. And I was like, wow, this house is happening. Yeah. They might find me here in one of the bathrooms tomorrow morning. Like, you didn't go home? I, no, I kind of moved in. <laughs> Where's my lobster? Yes. <laughs> That's funny. How was it working with uh, uh, you? Produced the and we're in the the what men want. Oh, how was it working with Tracy? Amazing. Yeah. He's funny. Oh, he God, tells the stories, boy. Yeah. I will be like Tracy. Okay, <laughs> I really want to hear how this ended, yeah. but can we please finish this scene? <laughs> you never... Okay, Taraji. <laughs> I got two sis. <laughs> 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 
Bungie wants me to stop. I'm like, yeah, we want to go home. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get with you him, really man. You really don't. Oh, yeah. my God. He would say some of the most zaniest things. I, and I, I figured him out. I said, you like shock. You like to shock me. Yeah. And so because I said, you don't know my dad. He, my shock, you have to do something really crazy. Like, you have to do something you've never done before yeah. to really shock me, Tracy. Yeah. Because I think he spent a lot of that uh, shoot trying to shock me. Oh, yeah. And I would and, just look at him at and me. Do- <laughs> Sorry, Tracy. I've seen a lot in my lifetime. Yeah. I've heard a lot. Yeah. I'm a little jaded. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm a bit of a comedian because comedians, what you do is you find the humor in everything. Of course. You know? Yeah. And that's literally how I lived my life. Yeah. You have to. It's a mixture of the things that you do to cope. Absolutely. So it's- Empire, is that done now? Yes, it's done. <laughs> How many did you shoot? Six seasons. Wow. Yeah, six. So seasons. like you, like you did, like that was a huge success. Mm-hmm. Out of like, and it was just like it, it was like it was almost like the last great TV show. Yeah, and like, now everybody's trying to recreate it, and it's like you got to remember the last time an all black cast in a television show had that much success. And when I say that much success, I mean overseas. Yeah was Bill Cosby. Right. And then for years, they were trying to recreate that right. formula. Right. You know? Right. And I've even had producers say to me now, yeah. that I'm on, on the other side of producer, like when the Empire hit, all the studios were like, we need that Empire effect. We need that Empire effect. We need, this character needs to be like Cookie. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, good luck, guys. You're not going to find that kind of sweet spot again for another decade, probably. Yeah. You know, it and, takes and, a minute. Yeah, and it, it uh, so many things have got to click, and it, you can't, you We've can't, done that already. You got to find the next well, new thing. Well, you can't plan it, man. You can't, and you got to find the and it's it's all in taking risks. And as long as you keep trying to recreate Empire, you're not taking a risk. You're playing it safe. But also, you don't know that an ensemble is going to like click like that. Empire took a risk. Those producers took yeah, a risk. Right. Fox took a risk. Right. You know. Yeah. And that's what art is: taking a risk. Absolutely. Putting yourself out there. Maybe it'll hit. Maybe it won't. But that's art. Yeah. You have to be willing to take a risk, and these studios play it too safe and then when some studio steps outside and takes that risk all the other studios go let's do that and yeah. it's like you need to do the opposite of what they're doing because you can't recreate that right. they've already done it right they just want to hack it. they've already done yeah. it. yeah and you were part of it yeah and now you're a cookie to everybody <laughs> i'm still yvette yeah i still get that yeah you can always be yvette to me <laughs> <laughs> That's a, I guess that's the liability of being on a successful show for a long time. You know, I, I just, you that I a nod, it's a nod to my talent to the point where people were so affected yeah. and, and, and inspired by her that that's what they, they still see that in me. Well, it's you all know? right, right? It's okay. It's yeah. okay because I have it several times. Shug. I don't think if people really called me Shug. They would just be like, ask me to sing the song. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but, um, you know, the two characters that I could ever like really get away from and where the name really stuck is Yvette cookie throughout my entire career oh really yeah, that's yvette. Uh, that was her name that was jody. her name yvette jody and yvette <laughs> i just the way you said jody <laughs> i know that's what everybody was like it was the way jody <laughs> <laughs> it just sounded like this couple were together and she said his name like she loved and hated him at the same time you know what i like when i think about that movie and i do like fairly often there's a couple of movies that like I just I, I, I think about a lot. Um 
but that scene, you know, where Snoop's character comes home and you know, and he's a killer. Yeah. And, but like, and, and but like, there was the way you handled him, even being as menacing as he was, and your character when you stop him from basically raping you. Yeah. And he does, but you you make assumptions about like how this is going to go. Yeah. And and somehow in that in that scene it was so believable that you know that your 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 strength and your clarity in that moment could speak to you know whatever the child beast right that beast in him right and also the child in him you Mm -hmm. brought out it's like what are you doing in front of my son Yeah. yeah yeah that was all John. That was, but you know, the clever, it was interesting because we had to make Snoop Dogg look menacing because that's not even, that's not, he's such a, <laughs> yeah. he was like, John, come on, man. I love the ladies. I don't hit the ladies. I was like, well, Snoop, in order for this scene to work, I got to be scared because if you grab me like this real light, I'm going to run and go call the police. Yeah. And so he did it in one take. I took off running. I was like, hey! Help! But they started laughing. I said, "See, so you really?" But he still wouldn't do it. He ha- so I. It was literally me pushing myself on the bed. Oh, he and couldn't do it. Ma- and making my and the way John set the yeah, camera right. to make him look menacing because he really had a problem with oh, that. Wow, he did not like that at all. And I was like, Snoop, I know you would never put your hands yeah. on a woman, but it's called acting, and we yeah. kind of need you to because yeah. we want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have like ten other scenes to shoot today. Like, come on now. This new thing that you're doing with the 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 Facebook Watch, peace, peace of, of mind. mind. Yes, this is like, like what? How do you see this project? I see this project as um, therapy yeah. for all of us, even myself and my best and what, friend. What, you you're basically talking about mental health. Issues. Yeah. Well, we're 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 educating yeah. an audience that um, really does not talk about mental health at all. And for that matter, don't really take care of their mental health because it's not talked about the in the black, black community. community does mm. not talk about mental health. Um, we have learned to cope uh, by being strong. Right. And that's dangerous. It's killing us. Yeah. Um, and it's not, we need to stop passing that down because yeah. it's been passed down to us in slavery. Mm. You know. Oh yeah. How, Some, how do you see that? Just by well, taking it. You do, mean because the uh, the coping skills. Okay, so uh, a feeling of a lack of agency. That, but how we cope okay. through trauma instead right. of dealing with it and saying, "Oh, this is why I respond like that because this happened," or yeah. you don't have to be strong. And first of all, you can't pray away a mental illness. Right. And that's what we've been told to do. We're often demonized, you know, our children in school when they act out from a traumatic situation they may be going through at home. Children don't want to act out. Right. But when they do, and it always seems to be our children get demonized, cops show up, arrest them. Well, we need clinicians, therapists, psychiatrists in place in schools to know when a child is dealing with trauma. Right. Right. Instead of criminalizing them. Right, it, because sometimes it's just passed down. Passed down, and 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 then if it's not taken care of properly, it it just can become Escalates. criminal. It, yeah. Absolutely, because if you are bipolar, yeah, and you aren't taking medicine, yeah. you know when bipolar people when they when they're suffering from bipolarism and they have a manic episode. Yeah, I grew up with it. My dad's bipolar. They don't remember what the fuck they did. No, and they but they miss it. They they like it. You think so? Sometimes. I knew that like with my dad, like he would, you know, like it was exciting to be manic. Uh. So, you know, when the depression comes, 
they, they all they think is all they feel is the depression, but they miss the manic because when they're manic, they think they're normal. No, but see, I've seen manic yeah. where they think they're God. Oh, yeah, or they, they, you know what I'm saying, oh, oh, and like, they so it's different kinds of manic. No, yeah, my my dad, uh, yeah, he, he just got to the level of like wasting money. You know, yeah. doing you know things, but never sort of like I'm moving out of the out of right. mind, Man, total mind out of my yeah, yeah. I've yeah. seen that, Oof. and so in your family, yeah, friends, mm. family, I've seen it, yeah. and so when that happens, a lot of time, most times, black right. people right. are criminalized right. instead of something's clearly off here because. This gentleman who's sitting before me doesn't even sound like the person right. in this report, okay. you know. Yeah. So um, we have to bring awareness so that people are treated and handled with the proper care because 80 percent of the prison population don't belong there. Yeah. It's not a correctional facility anymore. No. It's a money making business. Of course. So the more inmates, the more money. Yeah. And a lot of those people are there because they have mental health issues. Yeah. That's not rehabilitating to put someone who had who is suffering from yeah. a mental illness in a cage no. with no help. No. What was the uh, inspiration for doing this? My dad. My dad suffered. You know, he had PTSD. Yeah. Manic depression. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, back then it was called manic depression. Right. Before they. Yeah. Did more research. And he wore his heart on his sleeve. He didn't hide. He told his story to everyone. He tried to commit suicide once <clears throat> with a gun to his head and it missed. And he would sit and show you his scar and tell you. Because his thing is he never wanted anybody to go through what he went through. Right. You know, and he was always saying, I want to be famous. Make sure you put me in one of your movies one day. I, the world should know Boris Lawrence because he was an artist as well. What you kind know, of art? Objects, okay. metal, metal. Yeah, yeah. He could do anything with yeah, metal. Yeah. He made metal masks. So and sculptor, plant, sculptor, yeah. exactly. He just was very honest, even though he he didn't seek the therapy that he probably should have. Yeah, but um, he was honest. Yeah, and I was like, this is a great way for the world to finally know my dad. And um, he was such a huge part of my life and why I'm this successful. Because if he didn't challenge me to move to L.A. Where would I be? Right. You know. Um, but how did his illness, uh, like, were there times where it became taxing? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely. guess because, because they were, you, you were in two, you know, he lived wherever he was. But I in. spent a lot of time with my dad. There was a, I, I was all, you know, I would be with my mom this weekend, my dad this right, weekend. Right, but like your mom, was it more stability? Yeah, way more stability with yeah, my yeah. Not until my dad got older, understood what was going on in his life. Yeah. Um, and met my stepmother. Um, and they, you know, he really got his, that's when he was able to get the house mm, and the garage right, and the right. Harley yeah, yeah. and every, his life came together and it, it felt good to finally see my dad stay. Yeah. You know? Right. But so going in and out of that, because a lot of times when you, when you're brought up by people who, who don't have that emotional consistency because of their own problems, mm -hmm. you know, it makes, makes you, you know, you, I had to trace back some of my anxiety. Absolutely. Too. Me as well in therapy. Yeah. And why I'm such a caretaker and why I'm always trying to fix. Yeah. Because I was always there to put yeah, my dad yeah. back together. Right. And, you know, and yeah. at a young age, that's unfair. I don't know. You yeah. know, but that's in me now. Right. I don't know. I just, How do you that's why I ain't married. Because yeah. I would, I find the men that I need to fix. Yeah, you can't a, fix anybody. I know it's it's hard. It's hard when you're you're wired to be attracted to mentally ill people. <laughs> when you're mentally ill yourself. That's right. This all makes sense now. <laughs> yes. I grew up with this. <laughs> right. This feels familiar. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So what? And how big of a, a challenge is it 
to I mean I I talk about mental mental health uh, pretty openly on this yes. show. And it seems like everything is still no matter how much you think the culture talks about anything, it's still pretty stigmatized because uh, most people don't want to think it's them. Mm-hmm. So they'll hear about something, but they don't think it's them. And that's part of the sickness sometimes. But see, that's why I like that I'm seeing all of these conversations being had now. Yeah. Because you can't run from, oh, right. that sounds like what I do. That's right. Oh, that sounds Ma- like. But you got to want help. But but the thing about it is if, you, if you've if you never, ever, ever, ever talked about it, yeah. and you don't think you need help because it's never been presented yeah. that way to you. Mm. How do you know? Mm. So that's what this show is about because I'm finding things out about me. We did an episode about uh, dealing with social anxiety. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, because I didn't realize that that's what I suffer from sometimes. I couldn't put my, it was became normal for me because what it's, it didn't happen. It, I thought it, I thought I developed this during the pandemic and the shutdown. Yeah. And when the world started slowly yeah. opening back up, I was like, uh, I would talk myself out of going to the store. You yeah. Know? But that started happening before when I, you know, through therapy, you start going back in time and it's like, oh, that had nothing to do with COVID. That I was actually doing that in Chicago. Yeah. Cookie brought such a different level of fame. Right. To me, sure. I was usually operating under the radar. Right, could, right. They would be like, is that her? By the time they figured it out, I was out the store. Right. But Cookie made me popular. And that's a different type of attention. Sure. Like, yeah. I had been doing this for oh, a yeah. while. And how do you maintain boundaries <sighs> when all that's coming at you, all that attention, and people think they know you? And- Security. <laughs> <laughs> Security. But that, but that, it's an interesting thing that I'm just thinking, and you know, I might be projecting, but it seems that within the black community, that that social anxiety, you know, is a legitimate oh. uh, concern in certain situations that there is a consciousness that mm-hmm. you that you were in this body mm-hmm. that is going to draw the attention Absolutely. of white people in a certain way. Absolutely. And, you know, I had to deal with that, too, because it's like I lived in an area where everybody, when I get on the elevator, they're looking at me like, what you doing here? Right. And I'm draped in all of the high fashion, the tags, the labels, everything that screams this woman belongs here. She has money. Still, I'm being, you know, and even though I don't allow that to, I don't take it all the way in. It yeah. is I, it is in me. It, yeah. it, it, you know, it affects me. I'll be like, why did that man look at me like that on the elevator? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And then I'm now I'm looking at people in the elevator like this. I dare you look at me. You know what I mean? It's just. <laughs> right. It's like. Right. So like it's in- walking into a room where you're the only black person, you brace yourself. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's living like that all the time. But that's the thing. It's not cool that we function like that's this. right. But that, that you, you're correct. Right. And, and then it, but that is the coping thing. But we have to talk. Well, see, but then I know that. But that's bad. I'm it's saying it's bad. We right. must talk about it. Yeah, we must. And we can't laugh about it. You know, black people, we have a way of <laughs> making jokes out right. of stuff to cope. Sure. And that's OK to a certain extent. But when are we really going to deal with it? Little thing, and I'm telling you, it's deep on how this trauma, this mm. generational trauma has been passed down to us since slavery because we haven't really dealt with that. We still don't talk about that. Remember, we can't do critical race teaching in, in school, right? Mm. You know, when you talk about slavery, you get a glimpse of it. Now, I didn't really learn a lot about the Middle Passage until I enrolled into an HBCU. Right. Right? Yeah. And so now that I'm in the mental that's health his- field. That's the history. That's how this country was built. Yeah. No one wants to talk about it. Yeah, and well, so, I mean, certain people want to talk about it, but. They, right. They, 
But the people that don't want to talk about it want to keep it like that. You have to find the information. But that's my point. You yeah. have, and how many people are going? How many of us are going to go seek out that information? You know. So I learned that hush puppies were actually given to the dogs when the slaves were trying to run the freedom to keep them off their trail. Interesting. Hush puppies. The now, look we, at the, how we've normalized. Like that fried cornbread thing? Yes, but huh. look at how we normalized it. Yeah, I enjoy them. Uh, right. And <laughs> but black people don't even realize. That's what it means, hush puppies. Wow. I didn't know that. It's in our DNA as well. I have a phobia of being in small, tight spaces. Is that in my DNA from running away to slave to freedom? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like it's it's. I no, I agree with you. I, I think that the the sort of like the fine the nuances of what is carried through generations yes. that becomes almost genetic yep. can be psychological. Absolutely, because you know that there is a way that one behaves that you grow up. You're wired by your environment and mm-hmm. how you're. People, you know, are reacting. And yep. sure, why wouldn't it be historical? Because my grandmother. Generational. Absolutely. My grandmother, um, you know, she's like one generation away from pick cotton in, in the fields. Yeah. My grandfather was a sharecropper. They lived on a big acre, a field of cotton. And yeah. that's how my family, uh, my, I have, my grandmother had eight children. And that's how they all made money. They picked cotton and all of the kids working and the dad and $300 a month. Is what they made. And they lived in a two-bedroom house with a tin roof. Right. I, well, I think that, I, I, I think we all, I, I, I don't forget, but I think in order to put things in a historical perspective, you have to realize that this shit wasn't that long ago. It wasn't. My mom went to, you know, if you ever, I mean, everybody knows my age, you can Google it, but this is going to date me for sure. My mom went to a one-room school, like Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. My mother. Yeah. Not my grandmother. My mother. <laughs> yeah. You know. Where was that? In North Carolina. Yeah. Scotland Neck, North Carolina. Yeah. And my grandmother was the help. You know, right. that that's that's like that's two generations ago. Yeah. You know. So I, I'm saying all of that to say that of course my grandmother be careful when you get around them white folk because that's Right. You know, so when I went to the country, I that was put in me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Don't you mouth back to them white folks. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't. You know, that was in me. And then right. I'll get back to the city and be like, I could feel myself doing that. Yeah. You know, right. and it wasn't until I found my voice where right. I was like, I don't have to do that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's 1980. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's right there. It's right there. And how is this uh, landing in the community, the 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 show? And, it's yeah. it's um you know, I'm overwhelmed with how well it's being received by oh. us. Oh, that's you know, good. and yeah. not only this show is not just for African Americans, right? Okay, this yeah. show is for everyone, right? Because when you understand someone's struggles, what they might be going through, this is empathy, right? Yeah. This is allowing space for grace. And this is what my best friend likes to call it. Allow space for grace because, you know, I'm learning things and I'll connect it to a person that I had an encounter with. And I'll be like, oh, my God, I never thought that maybe they were having an episode, you know, yeah, and it'll give us it. I think it it makes makes us better as humans if we just understand. Stand each other a little more. And that's why this mental health conversation is so important. Empathy is tricky, you know, because people are so self-involved. I didn't mean to interrupt So self-involved. And it's not, I mean, I don't think they plan to be. It's just the nature of how shit is. Yeah. I got to get to where I'm going. Somebody cut you off. You're not even 
aware maybe they just heard just now yeah. somebody died and they're racing to die. Right. all you know is bitch you cut me off right <laughs> you yeah. know yeah yeah so i think if we could just all slow down and mm. breathe before we react and just consider the other person it takes a big person to do that it just it just takes a <laughs> breath it's, I, it's, that's I, it it's like because uh, i i i just had a moment like that and also it's relative to your life experience yeah you know who you were a year ago yeah and who you are today could be totally different because something happened to you make you uh, more sensitive to other people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or not. <laughs> or enraged. Yeah, this yeah. person did that to can me, be- so everybody that looks like him, I'm ready. Yeah. You know. Can go either way. Yeah. 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 But it's very exciting to have those those breakthroughs to allow that kind of uh, open-hearted uh uh, I, I don't know if it's joy, but those moments, they're emotional, you know? Yeah. Everyone's very guarded, so, like, yeah, they're afraid to let it down. Well, you won't you won't be, and I, that's the narrative we need to change. Yeah. Your strength is in the vulnerability. Ah, yeah. Change is in the vulnerability. Yeah, yeah, Strong, yeah. we aren't built to be strong. A wall and a building is built to be strong. And also, sometimes strength is just defensiveness. Strength is just being vulnerable. Strength is being mm. your truth, being honest enough to say, this doesn't feel good. Mm. I don't feel good. Mm. You don't make me feel good. Mm. What you said triggered me. Yeah. You know? Right. But if you're always standing with your guards up and strong, 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 that's going to break. You're going to break down eventually. Yeah. That's how nervous breakdowns happen because yeah. you hit a wall with the yeah. coping mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. Or you just sort of like, you know, you give up. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. You get tired of holding, yeah. trying to be strong. Well, You're they, not a building. Well, You're they, not yeah. the Empire State <laughs> Building. Yeah. Well, that's also <laughs> the thing you said earlier in some relation to something else. That, like, I'm 58. I just turned 58, and I like, I give a lot less fucks. Let me tell you, they're all behind me now. <laughs> all the fucks? All of them. <laughs> all the fucks I had are behind me oh, well, now. Well, congratulations. Yeah, I can't help you. Yeah. I literally would t- No. No explanation. No, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. Feels good, right? (laughs) It feels great. Oh, Oh my God. It's great talking to you. You as well. This was fun. I knew it would be, though. Oh, good. Good. (laughs) Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. There you go. How fun was that? I love her. Peace of Mind with Taraji is now in its second season on Facebook Watch. Now I, let's play this new strat. Let's play this fucking strat. Thank you.
Fonda, cat, cat, what? Cat angels everywhere. Cat angels everywhere. (laughs) 